traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. In the squadron, they called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, the um, there's a big mass shooting out there at University of Nevada, Las Vegas, UNLV. Three people shot and killed. The guy who did it, some frustrated academic, a professor, actually. How often do you hear about this? The shooter, uh, Anthony Polito. Police say he's the shooter. 67 years old. That's kind of older for a mass shooter. Uh, well, get this. On his LinkedIn, uh, according to this, he graduated from Radford University, uh, where he had a double major in math and statistics before he earned his master's degree at Duke University and then completed a doctorate of philosophy at the University of Georgia. He served as an associate professor uh, at East Carolina University. I know where that is, Greenville, North Carolina, not a bad school. Sandra Bullock went there, of all people. I used to live down the block, actually, uh, like 50 miles away, down the block, down the highway. Uh, he was there for 15 and a half years, from 2001 to 2017. Uh, it's very unusual. Usually these are young men and uh, often on psychotropic drugs and often big-time fans of video games. I did this whole thing about video games. You know, you never hear about it. It's always the same stale argument about gun control. I am Second Amendment. That ain't going away. Uh, the more I hear about these mass shootings, the more inclined I am to bring my gun with me everywhere I go, just in case. And quite frankly, if more people had guns, you know, you wait for the police to come. And we love the cops. But, you know, even a fast response, you can kill people in the meantime. A lot of people. Nobody ever talks about the psychotropic drugs that we have uh, all kinds of people on. Not long ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, nobody was on that stuff. I mean, in the 1970s, how many people were taking antidepressants, Prozac, things like that? No, not many. (laughs) Uh, Not many at all. Valium was big, I guess. Quaaludes and all kinds of problems with that. You know, sometimes they'll say uh, suicidal ideations can follow, suicidal, homicidal. Uh, if you take this drug, never talked about, never discussed, never part of that national conversation. It's always gun control. It's always Congress is going to do something. Or Congress must do something, and the Republicans are getting in the way. Um, and these video games, I why that occurred to me, and it's occurred to me before, but Grand Theft Auto 6 is coming out, I think, pretty soon. And they put out a, a trailer, and I watched the trailer, and this is um, this is insanely violent stuff. It basically, it's a mass shooting drill. It's mass shooting. It's it's, and it's very very realistic. Uh, in the game, it looks to me like you're one of the grand. It's not like you're the cop. It's like you're the grand theft auto driver, or whatever, and you're stealing cars and you're shooting people. When I was a kid, you know, it was considered edgy. Space invaders. We shot monsters coming in from outer space as they came in that doot, 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 all right? 
Sometimes we blow up rocks into smaller rocks, asteroids. When I was in first grade, I do remember Pong and the Telstar thing, right? These were games. This was a, this, uh, we actually found a way to be semi-addicted to that stuff. This is addictive and it's dangerous. It's mind altering. It's obviously desensitizing to violence. And I, I talked to these professors about it and they were like, yeah. It's, uh, there's probably, the data is not yet there, but I mean, I'm sorry, common sense, you can, there's a problem, a real problem, never gets discussed. Um, who remembers Tipper Gore back in the day? Al Gore's wife, a Democrat, and some Republican person came forward and said, we have to do something about these insanely vulgar, sexist, vile, violent lyrics in songs. And she was talking about NWA and Two Live Crew and some of the stuff that they came up with. Who knows what NWA stands for, by the way? It's N-word with attitude. N-word plural with attitude. Our society is so weird and so backwards and so all over the place, right? I mean, so, and what was their big song, their big breakout hit? F the police. F the police. Wow. Um, and there were actually Democrats who would say, yeah, that's not right. That's not good for the community. How did that, <laughs> and it's not, but. No, everybody gave up. We are one depraved place. Um, wow. We are, uh, we're in, tr- I, then again, I'm optimistic. I really am. All right. I did say I wanted to do this. There's one of, there's, look, I didn't see the debate. So I'm going through this. Some of this stuff is new to me. And, um, another great moment from Vivek Ramaswamy. Cut one. Here's my issue with all three of my other colleagues on this debate stage, is all three of them have been licking Donald Trump's boots for years for money and endorsements. Ron DeSantis, you've been a great governor, but you would have never been one without actually begging Donald Trump for that endorsement. And you attacked him in your book a year ago. Same thing with Chris Christie as a lobbyist, begging them for COVID money for his special interests in New Jersey, prepping him for the debates last time around. These people are now Monday morning quarterbacking some decision he made. I think the real enemy is not Donald Trump. It's not even Joe Biden. It is the deep state that at least Donald Trump attempted to take on. And if you want somebody who's going to speak truth to power, then vote for somebody who's going to speak the truth to you. Good for him. And he talked about January 6th being being an inside job. Big tech stealing the election in 2020, maybe beyond. And what about the FBI and CIA stealing the election and sabotaging an an administration, the Trump administration, in 2016, 2017, 18, 19? You know, the FBI did spy on Donald Trump's campaign. Spied on the campaign illegally. Illegally. They they came up with the warrant and they lied on the warrant. That was an illegal. They spied on his campaign. Remember when he said that? Everybody thought he was, oh, gosh, how could he say that? Without evidence. They never gave uh, credit for him having evidence or him knowing things. He's the president of the United States. And uh, uh, I want to hear Megan on this question. Megan Kelly, cut two. Listen, you endorsed Donald Trump in 2016 and 2020. You gave him an A for his first term. Since then, however, you've turned on him, calling him a liar, a loser, a con man, and someone who cannot win. You've even said that you got into this race just to stop President Trump. His approval rating with Republicans is currently at 81%. Yours is at 25. Your best state is New Hampshire, and even there, two-thirds of GOP voters say they would be angry and disappointed if you won. Respectfully, Governor, you have not stopped, Mr. Trump, and voters may wonder how you could possibly become the nominee of a party that does not appear to like you very much. Well, look, Megan, 
Um, it's often very difficult to be the only person on the stage who's telling the truth and the only person who is taking on what needs to be taken on. I, I look at my watch now. We're 17 minutes into this debate, and except for your little speech in the beginning, we've had these three acting as if the race is between the four of us. The fifth guy, who doesn't have the guts to show up and stand here, he's the one who, as you just put it, is way ahead in the polls. And yet I've got these three guys who are all seemingly to compete um, with, you know, Voldemort, he who shall not be named. They don't want to talk about it. Mm. Megan won <laughs> that exchange. Maybe you could say, oh, the question that wasn't too long. Um, I would do debates differently myself. I would. I would just be basically the timekeeper, and I'd introduce the issue and then let people talk. Uh, I would. It would be totally different from how I do radio or any other TV stuff that I do. I would be just totally different. I would. I would be invisible, next to invisible. And oh, by the way, that would actually get noticed. It's a way to because uh, hey, look, I like attention too, a little bit, right? I want people to say I did a good job, but I would do it a totally different way that's never been done before. Uh, I have to wrap up with those two slimy people from uh, they used to be on some television show, then they had then they took off from that television show, and they think everybody's been waiting for them to come back to a television show. They're on a podcast now. T.J. Holmes and Amy Rohrbach. Can we pick up from where we were? I want to hear Romeo. Uh, <laughs> he's he's quite smitten with himself. I've, I predict these two will be breaking up shortly, um, in part because, well, T.J.'s got, uh, I think he's going to have some other options here pretty soon. All right, keep going, please. We Just look- have not gone probably more than two weeks without being and broadcast without in some way, form or fashion being on television, broadcasting in some way. And we haven't done it for a year. And today is the first time in a year. And today is actually a special day. You want to call it that? Well, it's, it's almost apropos that we would have this podcast air on December 5th because December 5th last year, exactly one year ago today was the day we were told not to come into work. Yeah. Uh, we never got a follow-up call to say come back. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. In fact, yeah, it was the opposite. And, and this wasn't planned. It, this is very, it's strange, but, uh, I mean, what a hell of a coincidence, though. It was December 5th. We got a call that sealed our fate, and it's pretty much assured that we wouldn't be going back um, on the air at ABC. We can get into that a little more um, in just ah, a little that's bit. Okay. But, that's okay. That's I mean, okay. You both stink. Uh, this is this is their foray into podcasting. Now, the fascinatingly, and I think very cleverly, and I love it. Apparently, Andrew Shu, who was married to Amy Rohrbach, uh, but she was cheating, and then the other one, uh, T.J. Holmes, who was married to this very lovely and pretty lawyer. Guess who's hooking up with who now? Andrew Shu and T.J. Holmes's ex-wife, and that may have been a publicity stunt in its in and of itself. I don't know. I know I say I don't care. I guess the spectacle of, a, of it all vaguely interests me. Vaguely interests eh, it interests me a little bit. Uh, but I'm done with that. It's not interesting. It's not good. And um, we'll never address it ever again. Now, we have to go to something much more important. This Bill Malugin on Fox News. Um, we should have about an army of Bill Malugins down there, but we don't. We just have Bill Malugin, but he's documenting uh, the destruction of our country. We have no border. And he talks about apprehensions, but remember, it's catch and release. These people are going to be released into America. 
and there is a line of illegals as far as the eye can see in a, on American territory right next to the broken border wall. Go. No, it's not stopping, Dana. The numbers are actually getting even worse. Multiple CBP sources telling me this morning in the last 24 hours, Border Patrol alone has made more than 10,000 apprehensions of illegal immigrants. That does not even include CBP ports of entry. And you can see the situation here in Lukeville behind us. We got well over 800 people waiting in line here after they crossed illegally overnight, waiting to be apprehended by Border Patrol. Once again, it's like deja vu from yesterday. You can see these guys are coming in from all over the world. A lot of African men, mostly single adult men here. Some of them were setting campfires overnight in the cold camping out here, waiting to get taken into custody by Border Patrol. But CBP sources telling me in the last 24 hours in this Tucson, Arizona sector, there were almost 2,900 apprehensions, and the Border Patrol facilities out here are currently running 200% of their capacity. That is why there are so many people out here waiting to be taken into custody by Border Patrol. Now, Arizona has a Democrat governor. Her name is Katie Hobbs. She has not yet sent any state resources down here. No Arizona troopers, no Arizona National Guard. That's unlike what we've seen in the state of Texas with Governor Greg Abbott. Well, Governor Hobbs is calling for more federal action when it comes to helping in Arizona. Take a listen. We need the federal government to act and provide more resources, and we've been very clear about that. There's a lot more they could be doing, both the Biden administration um, and, again, uh, I, I know this is... Oh, my God, that woman. This is the woman who beat Carrie Lake, force of nature, Carrie Lake. <laughs> um, she probably called the state troopers and they thought they were being prank phone called from some eighth grader. This is there's no way this woman beat Carrie Lake legitimately. None. Zero. No way. No way. All right. Sorry. And what did that the reporter said? She hasn't deployed anything that she could deploy statewide. And she's begging for federal help. Joe Biden, this is total dereliction of duty. One look at that scene and one look at the Constitution that says you have to protect. It's one of the uh, Article 2 requirements of the president to protect the country from invasion. I don't care what the latest. Oh, the Republicans are standing in the way of immigration reform. Do your job. Protect the country. And, yes, deadly force could be authorized to keep them out. I'll be right back. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. I see. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You notice the media, they don't like to talk about the Attorney General uh, Tish James's case against Donald Trump anymore, which is still going on. Donald Trump was in court today, actually, here in New York City. Uh, doesn't get mentioned because guess what? Donald Trump is winning that case. All right. Now the judge is still a maniac and may rule against him. Apparently it's up to the judge. We got to fix that. This thing could be appealed, will be appealed. The appeals court has already weighed in on certain of the judge's rulings, but, um, we're hearing like kind of incontrovertible evidence here that, uh, Donald Trump did nothing wrong to the banks. They wanted him as a client. Uh, they got all their money back. They don't feel like they were defrauded. It's uh, just, he's winning. He's winning. So that's why it's really not mentioned, 
Uh, it's, 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 it's nowhere. And for a couple of days there, actually a couple of weeks, it was everywhere, right? When the, uh, but nope, not now. He was in court and he spoke outside of the courtroom. Uh, don't have that handy right now, but he just, he talked about that this is election interference. Hey, a friend just sent me this. Another January Sixer was, uh, sentenced to more than 11 years in prison. And from what I can tell, this is another guy who didn't hurt anybody or break anything. 11 years, and he didn't hurt anybody? He didn't break anything? Did he commit a white-collar crime? Did he defraud people? No, he didn't. This is outrageous. And Trump, again, I, I showed this yesterday, when he speaks out that he's going to pardon some of these people, it's one of the many reasons why we love the guy. Listen to this. Uh, this is NBC News, fake news. And there's going to be some fake news here. A former California police chief who spread conspiracy theories about January 6th, was sentenced to 135 months in federal prison on Thursday for his participation in the attack on the U.S. Capitol. That is, I believe, about 11 years. Doesn't sound 135 months, 11 years. Alan Hostetter was found guilty in July after he represented himself at a bench trial. Hostetter was the chief of the La Habra, California Police Department in 2010, and he was charged in July of 2021. Hofstetter, like GOP presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy and many far-right members of Congress, has, has spread conspiracy theories about the January 6th attack, conspiracy theories. Ramaswamy said, without evidence, during the Republican debate on Wednesday that the January 6th now does look like it was an inside job, while Hofstetter said during his trial that he believed that the entire thing was staged I happen to, I, I promise, look at the video evidence, all right? <laughs> look at it. There is evidence. Hofstetter, who was found to have carried a hatchet during the attack. Oh, did he use it? Did he use it? That's why do you go to a jail for 11 years if you hack somebody. But if you have a hatchet in your pocket or your knapsack, do you go to jail for 11 years? He was found to have carried a hatchet during the attack, also founded a group called the American Phoenix Project, that protested COVID restrictions and denied the 2020 election results. Hey, guess what? That's still legal. He recorded the video after Donald Trump lost the election in which he said the traitors need to be executed and promoted January 6th as the final day when patriots could make their stand. Traitors need to be executed. Well, uh, obviously, that's a little bit over the top. If you are a traitor to the country, you know, there are provisions where you could be executed. I'm not saying I would say that out loud, but it's still a speech matter. Is he threatening some people at the highest levels need to be made an example of ooh, an execution or two or three? Well, that's bad. I don't like it, but it's speech. Pirates and traitors need to be executed. Well, I think I think this is over the top sentence. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, some of this Hofstetter guy who was just sentenced to 11 years in jail, his rhetoric may have been over the top, but uh, speech speech is uh, I, speech is constitutionally protected. Very few things that you can't say. You can't say fire in a crowded theater, all right? Um, <laughs> but after that, it's pretty much fair game. And by the way, uh, that goes for America. The University of Pennsylvania or Massachusetts Institute of Technology or Harvard – they have a code of conduct. They can put whatever they want in that code of conduct, all right? It's a private institution. And the fact that they were allowing, it, probably encouraging anti-Semitic rhetoric 
on what happened yesterday and I guess the day before and what happened yesterday, the UPenn person trying to like clean up this mess that she created. Wild stuff. I'll get to it in a moment. Uh, yeah, I think 11 years for carrying a hatchet. You know, I see pro-abortion people, anti-Kavanaugh people obstructing government pr- uh, proceedings and getting a pat on the back. <laughs> they get an attaboy. They get an girl. Uh, from Congress, uh, this guy's going to jail for 11 years. He didn't even use the hatchet. Is it illegal to carry a hatchet? I don't, uh, I don't think so. Not 11 years, not 11 years. He didn't hurt anybody, didn't break anything. All right. Who's trying to lose weight? You know, uh, a lot of the people around here have done the uh, NJ diet with great results, with fantastic results, especially, uh, Lance back there in a can. Did you see that guy? He lost, I mean, he looks great. He looks great, but, uh, Dan, our engineer, you chose to do a, s- a different uh, method. Hi, how are you? Doing well, man. How are you? How's the radio station? Radio station's doing great. We're, we're getting ready for an event this weekend and, and rocking out. Where does our signal go? How does our signal get to the radios out there? Uh, our tower's out in Lodi, New Jersey, 650-foot tower, getting 50,000 watts of power out of our, uh, um, I won't mention the names of the transmitters, but... Um, they're on full blast. Why can't you mention the names? I respect that, but there there are security issues, right? And uh, uh, well, the date on the we might not want to tell the date of the. <laughs> see the manufacturer of this transmitter. Um, is it old time? Old old? I love it. It's a, I love it, it. It is a little bit old, yeah. But I mean, it, not really a security risk because you you can't get into them from the internet. There's no Ethernet jack on these transmitters, and that's good. In some ways, yes. What are the ways? Um, they're impenetrable for security risk. Nobody can log into our transmitters and shut us off. They can't shut our power off. Um, but I also can't get into them from the Internet and, and see a visual representation of all the things that are going on. I have to look at a secondary unit. And you actually have to go out there and go to the tower in Lodi and, and check it out and do stuff to it, right? Yeah, we're there several times a week inspecting the, the, the tower, making sure the transmission is right and making sure that nothing is out of spec or parameter, that all our backup systems are up and running too. Take that, big tech! Come on. You can't mess around with us. All right, listen, you have lost a uh, dramatic amount of weight, but you're one of those guys who was not really fat to begin with. At least people would tell you that, but you're kind of like me. You know, you knew you were fat. I know I got too much going on under my shirt, and I've been struggling with it. You were kind of the same way, right? Nobody would, you know, you don't need to lose weight, but you knew you had to lose weight. Yeah, I, I decided uh, New Year's last year that I was going to start exercising, and I had done that before. I've yo-yoed my whole life. Um, certain things happen that uh, ruin it and bring me back to being fat, but um, then other events bring it back. Um, uh-huh. So I started exercising at the beginning of the year, and only around May uh, changed my diet up, and then the rest of the weight just vanished. So the exercising didn't really help you lose weight? About five pounds from January to May. Wow. What kind of exercising were you doing? Uh, with a bench at home, uh, uh, varying numbers of crunches and, uh, and uh, lifting uh, 20-pound weights, nothing crazy, but just lifting a lot, uh, a lot of reps as opposed to higher weight. And sometimes people exercise more, and that makes them hungrier. Yes, but hunger is part of, the, you know, part of this whole uh, potion. Uh, I still think you should have gone NJ Diet. Lots of guys. That guy Lance back there, I mean, he lost so much weight on NJ Diet. And he looks terrific. He does. And his girlfriend did the same thing. He probably would have lost it a lot faster than I did. Do you like... uh or he did. Have you noticed Amy? She's very flirtatious. Amy's given me the eye lately since I lost weight. I... <laughs> I'm down 30 pounds, and, uh, you know, I got to smile. Wait, 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 wait. She's giving you the eye? All right. So she, she's just, oh, gosh. Uh-oh. Lance doesn't listen to this, right? <laughs> she's okay. <laughs> uh, 
All right. So, uh, but anyway, Amy and Lance look fantastic, and they did the NJ diet. And uh, all right, I want to go. How do you did it though? How did you do it? Um, these days they call it intermittent fasting. I just like to call it plain old starving yourself. Um, <laughs> you, you had to starve yourself. A little bit of starving myself with a little dash of depression, and uh, you know these things happen. That's the, that's the way the gym works, man. This, this diet sucks. I thought this was going to be something that could <laughs> depression no. and starvation. Yes, sir. Well, and Greek yogurt and chicken, uh, high protein, it's low getting, calorie. It's getting worse. <laughs> this is what you got to do. How much weight did you lose? Thirty-five pounds total. And how long? Um, January to, or really, let's call it May. let's call it January to no, September but, since I started. But the, but the May you said you did your nutrition. So May yeah. to September, four months. Pretty much. Yeah, you should have done NJ diet. Uh, it would, yeah, probably would have been two months. Um, all right. Well, forget about the depression. All right. Just okay. do me a favor. <laughs> Give me a typical, typical day. What do I do on Dan's diet? Wake up in the morning, two cups of coffee. Check. Check. Wait till 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and now you have your window of eating. So 16 ounces of 0% fat Greek yogurt, and uh, um, throw a, a, another protein in there, some chicken uh, or a can of tuna fish or two cans of tuna fish. Uh, drain the water out, no mayonnaise, nothing like that on it. It's just for nutrition, not for taste. Um, fuel, not entertainment. Um, after you eat that, water, and then do an exercise or something at night, and then before bed, uh, not before bed, but, you know, two hours, three hours before you, you know, that's when you stop eating, but uh, a, a pound of chicken tenderloins. Uh, a pound? A pound. If you're eating nothing else, it's, it's that'll fill you up, and you don't have to eat carbs. You don't have to have, What are know, chicken tenderloins? I can't picture, what's a, te- a chicken? What's tenderloin? Uh, I don't know. It's it's white meat that comes out of the chicken. Uh, I don't know. It's it's from the uh, the breast. Uh, it's got to be part part of the breast meat. Um, it's kind of like a chicken tender that doesn't have uh, fried stuff. Uh, exactly, there's no fried stuff. You pull the tendon out and you air fry it for 20 minutes and you're good to go. Some adobo on it. Well, looks like I'm going to NJ diet. <laughs> I'm going to stay fat. <laughs> I don't know. That. I don't know if oh, this uh, is. I don't know if this is doable. It's doable. No, I don't do that. I'm not going to take my shirt off. All right. But. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. All right. He's got a. He's showing me his bicep. Because it works. I mean, the bicep is not nothing with this though. The protein. Oh. Yeah. When you, your muscles start to look more defined um, as you cut your calories. All right. You didn't eat until two o'clock every day. Correct. And then it was uh, protein and yogurt. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that that was it for how many hours? Till I don't know. Seven seven o'clock eight o'clock at night. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I'm glad this worked for you. Are you, yeah, are you, uh, everything else all right? Do you live alone? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I so happily live alone, Greg, it's not even funny. This is a diet, I mean, there are people in prison who have uh, a better cuisine. I mean, or or, or, uh, a fuller fuller plate. Yikes. Well, anyway, look, seriously, you look great. It worked for you. And, um, Congratulations, Dan. Everybody's talking about it. Thank Everybody's you, talking about you, Lance, and Amy. I'm trying to and, catch up um, for those two. All right. Good stuff, Perp. All right. And thank you for this. And if anybody wants help with it, uh, uh, don't do it. Yeah, really. <laughs> like, I, I'm looking NJ at it right diet. Now. <laughs> This guy, Dan, is very super smart. He's super disciplined. And, you know, I mean, for the rest of us, NJ diet. Thank you, buddy. You're very, very welcome, much. Greg. Thank you. Um, all right. Do I talk about my weight situation too much? I, I mean, it just probably. Probably. I got to get over it. I got, no, I got to get over it. Hey, the other thing about what does the word existential mean? Everybody uses that word. 
climate change is an existential threat to uh, you know our way of life. Donald Trump is an existential threat to democracy. Uh, whatever it means, he's not. All right, he's the hope of our constitutional republic. Um, but the thing about it is, they're all misusing the word existential. Is a debate as to whether or not you exist. That's it's more that than that's actually what it means. Like existential means like we may not exist if this happens. No, that's a simplistic. That's wrong. Existential, I think, is the question of the the, the point of existence and whether or not we are truly existing. Adam, you were talking about this just the other day. How are you? I'm all right, sir. I'm all right. Uh, I was just thinking about, you know, Reswami's a fake. Uh, he'll never be president, man. So you can stop cheerleading him on because he's just a, a pretender. Are man, you in the you bus? Know? Are you on the bus? No, I'm not. I hear that I'm beeping like you're backing it up. up. All right. So uh, how is he a fake? What do you mean by fake? How is Ramaswamy fake? Well, you know, he's, you know. He, he's, he's going into every, you know, he's going back to the 2020 election and all this conspiracy chewing on garbage that's not going to fly. It's not going to fly so, with you, know, you, Adam, huh? Not going to fly with you. It's not going to fly tech's... with no bonus, sir. Yeah, right, huh? All right, all right. They are. Big Tech has told you what to think about 2020, the Democrats, too, and January 6th. All right, I asked you a very specific question. How is he a fake now, he may be talking about issues that you disagree with him, or he may be uh, wrong on the issues. Uh, he may be talking about issues that you don't think are particularly worthy. How does that make him a fake? Because he's fake, man. That's All right, there he goes. He's fake relate. because he's fake. Adam, I want you to work on your, uh, I don't know. I don't know, Adam. Come on. You gotta, you've been waiting an hour to tell me that he's a fake, and you can't tell me anything about him that's a fake. I've heard allegations about him being a fake, and I know what they are. People have raised questions about how he got all of his money. People have raised questions as to whether or not it was a shell game, his pharmaceutical uh, career, and whether or not he bought a company uh, basically knowing that the medication was ineffective, but all kinds of hijinks with his mom. I don't believe that stuff, by the way, and I don't even care about that stuff. He became a billionaire. Billionaires command respect in our society. You know, if I got to listen to Bill Gates and his theories about climate change and he knows that I want to I want to listen to Ramaswamy. All right. He's using his uh, his money and his power and his intellect for good. So you got to come up with specific stuff. All right. That's what we do here. You can't just come out and call him a fake without any examples and just say you don't like his opinion on 2020 or 2016. Hey, by the way. I know Hempstead pretty well. What car wash are you in? Are you in the one by the Dunkin' Donuts? I'm not Donuts? in Hempstead, sir. I'm not in Hempstead right oh, now. I don't right, get my car wash. It says right here, Hempstead. Yeah. Adam, Hempstead. You don't right, get... but I'm not getting the car wash in Hempstead, sir. They, they got garbage car washes out there. Well, no, they don't. Okay. They have that one right next to Jack in the Box. Now it's Dunkin' Donuts. It's on Clinton Avenue. And uh, you know the one. It's, uh, it's right there. It's been there for about 50 years, and they do a great job. And uh, I think you should try that place. Uh, uh, thank you, Adam. Let's go to Joe. Hello. Hello, Greg. Uh, as far as the debate last night, Christie doesn't even, to me, doesn't have any point to be there. Ramaswamy should have had a prop. He should have taken a hamburger out of his pocket, flipped it to Christie and said, 
take the hamburger. You don't have to pay me on Tuesday. Now go away. And as far as Nikki Haley, I don't know what she's doing, what game she's playing, but she can get on her broom and she could fly her witchy-poo ass away. (laughs) That's all I have to say today. All right, Joe, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Let's do Steve in Manhattan. Hello. All right, G-Man. Goodbye, Love Steve. You know, I can't stand it when you pull this crap. Come on, man. Ah, shoot. Now I feel guilty. Is it Steve in Manhattan? You see, Steve, you're like the boy who qu- cried wolf. Every now and then, he's always calling. He's always pretending he's Tony from Ohio. And then he's you know Joe from Floral Park. I think he actually is Steve from Manhattan, right? Steve, you can call back. Is that his legitimate name? He's always giving me phony names, and then he finally used his real name, and I got all upset. But I apologize, Steve. I think you were the real. I think, I, Steve, you get. I apologize. I, I I feel terrible now. Sandra, hello. Hi, Greg. Um, I'm driving, so I have to be careful. But anyway, um, I can't stand Chris. He was like, he doesn't like that man said before, he really doesn't even belong there. And, and, and he was taking up so much space and he wasn't getting many questions. But what he, what he did do, he was like a father protecting his fledglings. And like, um, he gave Ramaswamy such a slap on his face. When you see the, the debate, Greg, you're going to see how stunned Vivek was. Wait, wait, but wait, he, wait, wait. I saw all the good clips. Wait, when did he oh, give? When wait. did he? When did no? When did he give Vivek a slap across the face? When he called him a blowhard? Is that it? That when was he that told was. Him to shut up. No, I mean, yeah, no, because well, he 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 was stunned because because it was such a ludicrous, it was such a guttural, dirty, dumb thing to say in the middle of a debate. You don't say shut up in the middle of a debate. We're here to talk. We're here to exchange ideas. You don't you don't say shut up and you don't say. I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to say anything to what Vivek said because I don't have the time. No, I thought Vivek was great. Totally great. You don't like Vivek? Oh, I do like Vivek. I like Vivek. And I have to also say one more thing. Ron DeSantis must have heard me talking to you because he didn't smile this time. He didn't make those stupid smiles. Uh, So that was good. (laughs) Well, come on. The whole country (laughs) noticed that. We can't take credit for that one, Sandra. But thank you very much. And uh, I am actually going to go to Tony real quick. I'm curious. Hi, Tony. Tony, Tony, Tony. Never mind then. What's a heavy breathing for? Uh, Ed in Westchester. Hi. Good afternoon. Just a quick mention. The only time that you're actually allowed to wield a hatchet and use it would be in New York City at McDonald's. <laughs> oh, my goodness, sir. I forgot about that. You are so right. This man, Hofstetter, is going to jail for 11 years. And remember that crazy hatchet man? How long was he in jail? 90 minutes? 90 minutes? I don't know what the dis- final disposition was, but he was out. I don't know how long the the J6 guy sat in jail, but I'm sure it was a lot more than the, uh, whatever his name is, Michael something. And he didn't um, even use it. He didn't even use it. And that man... Sir, that is a fantastic point. So much is going on. I would not have remembered that. I would not have thought about that. I'm going to, I'm going to use it. I'm going to do a little video about it. And I appreciate it. You guys are the best, the best. So grateful. And I'll be right back.
Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, uh, it is a pretty interesting contrast. The uh, that University of Pennsylvania's president, right? Let's just hear a little bit of that when she's in front of Congress. This thing had been on the books for weeks. You know, she knows she's going to testify. She knows what the questions are. She knows her her campus is rife with anti-Semitism and Jewish students are being persecuted. And she's asked, you know, the question of the day and listen to how she handles it. Okay, this is uh, her name is McGill, Elizabeth McGill, uh, president of University of Pennsylvania. Go ahead. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your testimony that you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if if the speech becomes conduct... It can be harassment. Oh, yes. boy. Conduct meaning committing the <laughs> she act is, of This genocide? is so outrageous. All right, stop. The speech is not harassment. <laughs> it's crazy. Now, McGill, uh, now she wanted to say this, right? This was her strategy. She knew she was going to be asked this, and this is what she wanted to say. But she was only sharing it with her, like, communications team and, uh, I don't know, her fellow anti-Semites, right? Um. Now that everything blew up on her, she goes to social media and very contrite puts out the following statement. Let's listen to that one, please. There was a moment during yesterday's congressional hearing on anti-Semitism when I was asked if a call for the genocide of Jewish people on our campus would violate our policies. In that moment, I was focused on our university's longstanding policies aligned with the U.S. Constitution which say that speech alone Stop. is not punished. In that moment, trying to say like in that moment, in that one moment, no, this was this was predetermined. This was the well-thought-out policy that it's A-OK to call for the genocide of the Jewish people. Not, not split-second decision, which is still awful, but premeditated. Now keep going. I was not focused on, but I should have been. The irrefutable fact that a call for genocide of Jewish people is a call for some of the most terrible violence human beings can perpetrate. It's evil, plain and simple. I want to be clear. A call for genocide of Jewish people is threatening, deeply so. It is intentionally meant to terrify a people. All right. How many hours do we uh, give her on the job? Huh? She done by the close of business or tomorrow? How quickly can the board of directors get together and get rid of this disgrace? Uh, We'll we'll know tomorrow. Uh, Many thanks, everybody, to be continued.